Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Glendale Road Church of Christ podcast. You're welcome to join us anytime you're around. We are at 1101 Glendale Road in Murray, Kentucky. We meet for worship every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., followed by our Bible study at 10 a.m., and we come back every Sunday evening for a bonus worship hour at 6 p.m. Also, every midweek on Wednesday at 7 p.m., we have a Bible study. You'd be welcome to join us. We'll be sure to save a seat for you. Now, here's this week's sermon. Scripture reading this morning, Acts chapter 24, verses 22 through 25. But when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned the proceedings and said, When Lysis, the commander, comes down, I will make a decision on your case. And so he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty and told him not to forbid any of his friends to provide for or visit him. And after some days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Please be seated. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Cowboys with John Wayne. Some of you probably have. Maybe most of us in this audience are probably some who say, I don't know who John Wayne is. But in that movie, The Cowboys, uh, essentially he's having to herd cattle or drive cattle from one location to the next. And he doesn't have grown men to help him. He's got a bunch of teenage boys to help him. And uh, which... One reason I really like that movie is because, you know, for once the kids get to do the hard labor. But there's a phrase from that movie that John Wayne's character would often use that my daddy thought he needed to then adopt and use with regards to me. And that is when John Wayne felt that they weren't moving quick enough, they were wasting time, you'd hear him say, all right, burning daylight. Anybody ever heard that? Maybe not from that movie, but from your mom or your dad. So my daddy thought that that was something he needed to adopt. All right, come on, boy, we're burning daylight. And I've heard that more times than I can count. Essentially, he's telling me, you need to hurry up. You need to get with it. Quit wasting time. There are things to get done. But a lot of times, why do we put things off? There was a lady earlier this week I heard of. She had planned to get together with a relative who had compiled some of their family history. And she'd had this plan for such a long time, but this relative passed away. And now she had called asking about the information and uncertain that she'd ever get it. And she made the statement, she said, I waited too long. I waited too long. We take for granted a lot of things. One of them is time. We believe we have time, so we put things off and Some of you are putting off obedience to the gospel. What are you waiting for? That was something else that daddy would say. All right, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do this. Yes, sir. And I would wait to see if he'd have anything else to add to that. And he'd look at me and say, what are you doing? You waiting for an invitation? Well, what are you waiting for? We give an invitation every week at this congregation, but the invitation doesn't just stand for Sundays or Wednesdays. You know, I remember Bree's best friend in Bowling Green uh, a few years ago, I think six or seven years ago, it was about 
1.30 in the morning, they were trying to call Stephanie. They were outside the house. They said, we didn't want to knock. We were afraid you might shoot. Thank you. Glad you didn't give us that reason. But 1.30 in the morning, she had been agonizing over that decision, and, and they talked about it. And, you know, we, uh, we went over to the church 1.30 in the morning and uh, buried Lindsay with Jesus in baptism. So it's not just Sundays that the invitation is open. It's any time, any time whatsoever. You just let us know. But here's the thing. You and I have a bad habit of saying, I'll do it, insert, you know, I'll do it when I'm not as busy as I am now. I'll do it when my schedule opens up. I'll do it when I know so much or know more or you fill in the blank. I'll do it when what? What precisely are you waiting for? If I were to put it in a different way, you've got a God who cares about you so much that he sent his son to die for all of us. He loves us. And in a world of negativity, in a world where there's so much bad, this is good news. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. You probably don't have a good response to what are you waiting for. But you are indecisive. And you know the road is full of indecisive squirrels. Have you noticed? Zigzag, no, I'll say it, ran over. Couldn't make a choice. Squirrel, don't be like the indecisive squirrels. Unmade decision, someone wrote, holds power. It doesn't matter what the specific decision is, unmade decisions hold power. They pull, they push, they interrupt where they, interrupt where they aren't wanted and poke us awake at night. They can turn us into strange versions of ourselves. And like toddlers at our feet, right before dinner, they follow us around and refuse to leave us alone until we face them head on and either pick them up or point them in the right direction. If only we knew what the right direction was. So Paul is on trial. He's given a, an account of the way of the good news to, to Felix. And it's important that we know a little bit about Felix before we go into this. Tacitus, the Roman historian, wrote about him, Antonius Felix practiced every kind of cruelty and lust, wielding the power of a king with all the instincts of a slave. Okay, so this wasn't the most upright person, I guess you could say. But still, in verse 24 of Acts 24, after some days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Verse 25, as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, go away for now and when I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I was talking to a guy about Jesus, about the good news, about faith in Christ. And as we were talking, we were getting to that point to where I was asking him if he wanted to commit himself to the Lord. He said to me in reply, he said, you know, I've got some things I want to work on. I've got some things that I need to work on. Um, when I'm ready, I'll give you a call. 
Now it's 15, 16 years later, my phone has yet to ring. Usually when people say, I'm thinking about it or I'll get back to you, don't hold your breath. They may be thinking about it, but the chances of them getting back to you are pretty slim. Some will, but many won't. But I want you to notice what Paul is appealing to him about and every one of these things, righteousness, uh, self-control and the judgment to come, these were things that Felix all needed to hear that we need to hear too. Now, I prefer the word justice in the place of righteousness. That's, it's a legal term in, in Greek, and that's really what it denotes. So righteousness or justice is that which is morally right and fair. Now, anybody could say, well, this is fair, this is right, but you have to narrow the definition to Jesus, God, is the standard of this morality. If we were to go by our measures of morality today, it's, it's pretty much anything goes. Some people have described the word as right living, but as I said, I prefer the term justice. In God's justice, he would be right to judge and nobody could get off. But God's justice also carries mercy as a part of what it does. Mercy towards wrongdoers. Not only mercy, but patience towards wrongdoers. Sometimes it can seem like, well, that sounds like a lot of a, being like a doormat. But that's only what somebody says when they want to react as we humans tend to. And sometimes we want to react with anger, with vitriol, and not grace or not mercy. But God's justice is not human justice. However we're tempted to act and react is often how God is not tempted to act and react. That's what makes his righteousness or his justice so much better than what you can find on the earth because it has the perfect balance of everything. So we as Christians, we ought to be the advocates of righteousness and justice. We ought to be the ones who can embody this very trait. Now the second thing that Peter points out is self-control. And uh, excuse me, Paul, but First Peter 4, 3 to 4 addresses this in a different way. He says, we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Now, notice this. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. So, I feel like sometimes our Bibles don't give us the best definition of terms or the best translation. So I'm, I'm going to give you my own translation, what I think would be more clear or clearer for us to understand. Okay, lewdness, unbridled, lustful excess. That's really what the term, when you think about lewd, you think about someone behaving in a lewd manner, but the Greek term has to do with unbridled, lustful excess. Well, then you have lust. That's pretty clear. That one, they hit the nail on the head. It's, a, it's a, a, a sinful desire. To desire is not bad, but to desire to some point is bad or beyond a certain point. Drunkenness has to do with a state of being inebriated so much so that you've lost your reasoning faculties and you act out of normal character. Revelries has to do with rioting, and riotous drinking parties. Anybody ever know what a revelry was? 
Yeah, I didn't think so. We don't use that. Okay, one person knew. Well, somebody's been reading their dictionary, hadn't they? Most of us did. What is a revelry? Well, it's riotous drinking parties. And then there's actually drinking parties, uh, which is better understood as drinking to the point of carousing. That's another word you may have to look up. Then you have abominable idolatries, obviously the worship of idols. Now, all of these behaviors, some of them were tied specifically to idolatry. And Peter says, we, we used to walk in these very things. Now that we're Christians, people think it's strange that we don't run to them into the same flood of dissipation. I would replace dissipation with prodigal. It's the same word used in Luke's story of the prodigal son. And you go, oh, that makes it a lot clearer. So self-control, righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. If you look back at Acts 24, you see in verse 21, Paul is being judged by the Jewish leaders. Now Felix is supposed to judge and decide the case, but ultimate judgment belongs to God. And Paul had preached uh, in verses 15 and 21, this resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when the Lord returns at the resurrection, uh, he will judge both the just and the unjust. So imagine a person in high power like Felix. I wish I knew specifically what did Paul say? What did he say? What book, and the reason I want to know that is because it says Felix was afraid. How do you take a man who is in a high position of power and say something to him that brings him to the point of fear? Most of those folks are so arrogant, they just go, eh, pfft, whatever. People aren't no longer afraid today. They're more like, eh, if you want to believe it, you believe that. I just choose not to believe it. Everything's relative. Everything is relative. And so Felix did what that guy did to me 15, 16 years ago. He says, go away for now, and when I have a convenient time, I'll call for you. There is never going to be a convenient time. I love it when people, you know, a nice, cute little couple, they... They, they say, well, you know, we're, we're, we're saving up and, and, and we're, we're preparing, planning to have a family. Uh, what does that mean? Planning to have a, well, we want to have so much. Say, we, you know, it's just not the right, it's never the right time to have a kid. You just have a kid. That's what we've learned. Family planning. And then they go, they're going to be like this, they're going to be like that. And those of us with experience as parents, we go, you have no clue how wrong you are. But it's sweet that you think so. And some people never get around to it. Some people do. But if, when you read the rest of the story, verse 26, meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given him by Paul, that he might release him. Therefore, he sent for him more often and conversed with him. But after two years, Portius Festus succeeded Felix, and Felix, wanting to do the Jews a favor, left Paul bound. We're not talking about one conversation. We're talking about two years of conversations. And so far as we know, Felix never obeyed the gospel. He had a weight problem. When it's convenient, I'll call for you. So Felix ran from God. He didn't want to change. He was content as he was. 
However, he, like all of us, will face the judgment of the righteous God. And having faith in Christ and changing our lives is paramount to Jesus seeing that the verdict isn't guilty, but innocent. Dan Allender wrote, to decide requires a death, a dying to a thousand options, the putting aside of a legion of possibilities in order to just choose one. Decide, homicide, patricide. The root word means to cut off. All decisions cut us off, separate us from nearly infinite options as we select just one single path, and every decision we make earns us the favor of some and the disfavor of others. I like the way that he put that, to decide requires a death. You and I can choose how we will die. Either we'll die to ourselves and let Christ live in us, or we'll remain in a state of death to the Lord, and when that judgment comes, we will suffer eternal death. To decide does require death. So which one are you going to choose? Will you choose to obey the gospel and die that death to yourself to live to God? Or will you remain in the state of death that you're in now and when the judgment comes, suffer the eternal death? If you have faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, confess your faith, repent of your sins, put on Jesus in baptism to begin your walk with the Lord. Then we work to do everything we can to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit and put to death the works of the flesh. None of us are perfect. We do the best we can. Some of us need to do better. I, I need to do better. Probably you do too. So if you wish to publicly respond to obey the gospel, you can do so now. If you're a Christian who wants to do better and you need God's forgiveness and the love and support of your brothers and sisters, you can do so now. Just make your way to the front while we stand and sing.